Welcome to D3 Nation, now don't you change the station, oh lord knows it has just begun. We're talking all the motivation from years of dedication, discovering who's number one. The fight is never done, you gotta dig down inside for who you're destined to be. The war is never won, so talk it out with your host, Gennaro and Division three wrestling fans, welcome back to the pod. Uh, we're in the dog days of summer, but we're still trying to rip out some episodes here. We're busy as college coaches, but we have a great guest on today. I'm really excited to have this guy join. He's uh, on staff at Air Force, um, but he has D3 roots. He wrestled at Cornell College, and he recently was inducted into the Cornell College Hall of Fame. So Coach Chris Heilman is joining the show, and uh, we are really grateful to have you on, and uh, thanks for taking the time to do this. Appreciate it, Anthony. Looking forward to it. Yeah, so I guess we can start with the, the big news. Um, recently, you got announced into the Hall of Fame. That's how the name kind of popped up on, on my news feed. And, you know, knowing you had a D3 ties and you've been kind of at the D2 circuit, now been mainstay at Air Force. So uh thought you were a great guest to have on. But let's we'll start with your time at Cornell. Obviously, a historic career there. You wrestled for Coach DeRoe. And um, talk about your experience there. I had a outstanding experience there. Um, you know, freshman year, uh, didn't quite know what, what college wrestling was going to be like. Um, it was a, a growing program. You know, we were, we were pretty bad though. So, um, we had a new coach actually my freshman year and then who recruited me was Drew Periano, um, who also coached at Northwestern, but, um, you know, it was mostly freshmen on that team. And uh, with that, we, we did have a couple great leaders, some, some older guys that were great leaders, but uh, we had a really strong freshman core. A lot of those guys, my best buddies today still, um, but, but really we, we just didn't know what to expect. You know, we, we knew we had to work hard, you know, Drew drove us, um, you know, extremely hard. And I think he knew he could do that because we were, we were very moldable as a group. We were from all over the country, Texas, Kansas, Ohio, you know, most of those Iowa conference schools are, are Midwest, but we were from all over the country, Massachusetts, um, Michigan. And so with that, uh, I think all of us being away from home, we bonded pretty quickly and um, really held each other to a pretty high standard from, from the get-go. So my freshman year, we were, we were you know, not very good. Uh, results wise, we were pretty young. We didn't qualify anybody. We, we didn't really win any duels, maybe a couple here and there, but, um, but we could see the vision. Right. And after my freshman year, uh, drew, he took a job as a assistant coach at Northwestern. And then, uh, Mike Duro came in, which as you know, Mike, um, just a world-class coach, uh, coached at the division one level, uh, the international level, spent a lot of time with, um, you know, the Hawkeyes with the Hawkeye Wrestling Club. And so his experience and his connections, it just took us to a whole nother level. Um, so from there, we, uh, I think we were seventh at the national duels, going from one of the worst teams in the country to placing at the national duels. Uh, we qualified, you know, myself and another guy qualified, uh, first time having a national qualifier in a while and um, ended up getting on the podium that year, my sophomore year. In kind of a crazy match, actually, I was down, I think, 
12 to eight with about 10 seconds left and uh, wrapped up double overs and just sent it and, and got five points to, to earn wow. that is. Yeah. And it was crazy. My coaches gave me a great game plan for that match. I said, Hey, this guy's got a great dump. Stay out of that. And yeah, I'm dumping me like three or four times. And then finally I was able to figure that out halfway through the match and started scoring some points. But, um, but now I was, uh, uh, saw, and then, um, junior, again, our, our program are, uh, kept going, growing from there. Uh, we qualified some more four or five guys, uh, my junior year, um, was able to take fourth that year. And then senior year, again, we, uh, a really solid team. Um, I think we took seventh in the country. Uh, I, I finished third in the country as an individual. And, um, again, so just to see that growth from really, I, I, no kidding. We were one of the worst teams in the country, no qualifiers, um, barely won a duel, just not very competitive uh, as a freshman. And then to see us go um, to placing out the national duels and multiple All-Americans, national qualifiers in really short time, you know, in a three, four year span. Um, and then finishing seventh in the country my senior year, um, you just just to see that um, that building process, being a part of that. I'm really proud of that. You know, I'm, I'm super, super fired up to go back in October um, for the Hall of Fame induction, uh, mostly just to see my old teammates, you know, trying to get a lot of guys back there, get to take my family back there. My wife and I met there. She hasn't been back in, in over a decade. So it's going to be a, a pretty special time, I think. Nice. It's going to be a good homecoming for sure. And um, I did want to follow up with one. So I, I didn't know a little tidbit about Drew Periano being there. That's that's pretty that's pretty crazy. So you had basically a D1 head coach your first year, and then you had legendary Mike Darrell. I mean, I mean, I don't know if the eggs could have fell any better than that, but uh, that's amazing. Uh, I was, I mean, in this little town in, in Iowa to have a guy like Drew Periano, who, um, you know, a lot of people don't know about him, but man, he was, he's a great recruiter. He, he drove us extremely hard. You know, he was a guy that he, um, knew what to say to you to get the most out of you. You know, sometimes it wasn't, the, most of the time it wasn't the nicest thing, you know, yeah. but he, he really, um, man, he had as a fresh, as a really young team, a freshman group. I mean, we were, we would have done anything for that guy. And, um, and he, he, and I think he knew that and he re, and he pushed us really hard. He pushes. And I think that built the foundation for, for the next four years for with Mike Duro, him coming in and his connections and, and he drove us as well. You know, he, he could see that um, we were ready to work and that Periano prepared us pretty hard for, for that next level. Yeah, that's amazing. So as you're, um, you're kind of going through it and you obviously finish off a very, a very successful career at Cornell. Did you think that coaching was going to be your calling? Did you, have other aspirations other than that or where, where did you see your career going after after college yeah I knew uh I think even in high school is where I really started thinking about coaching and teaching as a profession so my mom was a teacher um she was super passionate about her job you know went the extra mile uh for her kids you know she was a reading teacher reading specialist and she taught all you know all grades but uh, I think just seeing um, the time and effort she put into all of her students, it, um, you know, it was pretty inspiring, 
right? And, and so uh, I knew in high school that that's kind of what I wanted to do. Um, so Cornell College is is a has a really good education program. So that's a, one of the reasons why I chose to go there. Um, and uh, again, being around some great coaches, Drew Periano and Mike Elliott and and Mike Durow and Andrew Kanak, um, just guys that poured themselves into their athletes. It just made me want to be a part of that too. Yeah, that's awesome. That's uh, we actually similar mindsets. My my parents were both educators as well, so I was an education major. Um, so uh, teaching and uh, coaching was definitely the direction I went. But also, we both fell in love with college coaching. It's pretty. It's pretty fun age group to fall in love. It's pretty easy. Um, but but you did have a little high school experience, correct? You did go to high school coaching for a little bit before you jumped back onto the college scene. Yep. Yep. So, um, right after I was done at Cornell, um, I actually coached at the division two level for two years as a grad assistant, which was, uh, another incredible experience. You know, I got to coach under Steve Costanzo, who's yep. a multiple and division two coach of the year. They won several national titles. Uh, I got to coach there when they were starting to do this. So I think my two years there, we were eighth and then seventh. And then after that, they won like three national titles in a row. Um, so to see that again, I got to see the process now as an athlete and then as a coach to go from, you know, a building program. And now before Steve got there again, they were having some hard times, but now they're one of the best programs in the country, um, regardless of division. Yeah. Uh, so that, that experience watching Steve work, I mean, that guy worked seven days a week. Um, he's just super passionate, uh, his work ethic, Again, that what I take from that experience is, is Coach Costanzo's work ethic was that's how you get it done at the, at the college level is you better be ready to sacrifice time um, and energy for your program. But and it's gotten him to some amazing places. Um, but after that was done, I, I earned my master's degree uh, there and then um, started applying for jobs and had a had a couple college uh, looks, but um had a, an opportunity to become a uh, teacher and coach at Davenport West High School uh, in Iowa. And uh, it's just something about it, um, you know, the chance to run your own program, um, chance to work at a really diverse school uh, in, in Davenport, um, you know, is from just a wide array of um, from socioeconomic to uh, racial. It was just a really diverse place. And, and that, you know, I wanted to make a difference in that area as well. Um, and, you know, just to see what I could do, you know, a new challenge. Right. And we were young, like I was 24 years old at the time I, I hired uh, as a staff. We had, I think we were all under 25 years old at the time, but we were all really driven, really motivated to, to get that program going. I think we did some good things. Um, but yeah, only there for, for two years when I started getting the itch again for, for the college seat. And I think it became, you know, the recruiting piece, you know, getting to choose your team a little bit and then um, the workouts too. <laughs> you know, I kind of missed that, that college grind as well, yeah. you know, in my mid twenties at the time and I still felt pretty good and, and you know, you know, right. You still yeah. wrestling. Anthony oh, heck yeah. Fun and it's, it's best hard. Job. Yeah. Best part of the job. So I, I missed that too. And um so yeah, I uh, had an opportunity to uh, go back to college. Um, 
University of Wisconsin Whitewater had an opening for their head assistant position. So I applied for that and, and lucky enough to, you know, to get it. Yeah. Yeah. So that's awesome. That's a great transition to, to that piece. Cause also you did a lot of good stuff there during those whitewater days. Um, got to be mentored by another legend of the sport, Tim Fader. We've had him on, on this podcast and uh, what a guy he, he's amazing doing great things now at Wisconsin Eclair. Um, but that experience of whitewater had to be amazing because I mean, that's when I was a, my junior and senior year. So I was, I was in the thick of it nationally. I understood what you guys were doing got to know some of the whitewater guys through the Navy camps um, mm-hmm. during those summer days. Um, so still very close with a lot of them the guys you coach Shane Seifert, Cedric Gibson. Oh, yeah. um, I mean, it was a great group and you got to be a part of that and help build them up. So just, just talk about what uh, was special about that whitewater team, that culture that you guys had built over there. Uh, it's, um, you know, get going from some, some building, right. Going from some building processes. I think I walked into a really good situation at Wisconsin Whitewater and that they had a ton of talent. They had uh, an outstanding culture already. So I was just like, Hey, how can I add to this? You know, um, guys like you mentioned, Shane Seaford and Elroy Perkin and Cedric Gibson, you know, those guys really had that thing rolling. Um, but, uh, yeah, coaching under coaching under Tim Fader is, is an experience that you just got to do it. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, already, you know, looking back, I'm just super fortunate to coach under it. You know, one, Steve Casanzo, coach of the year, NCAA, now going to Tim Fader, who's a NCAA coach of the year as well. Um, so I'm just like, I'm just going to soak this up right? My first few months is I'm just going to pay attention. I'm going to watch. I'm going to um, see where I can add some things. And, um, you know, Tim and I are very different in a lot of ways. <laughs> he is very outside of the box, right? You know him pretty well. Yeah. Uh, he's very outside of the box. He's very like, um, he's very, he's a, he's, the answer is yes. You know, like you figure out a way to, to get something done. Right. And right. I'm a little more like, a little more conservative on those things. Like, uh, let's figure it out first where he's like, Oh, we're going, we're going right now. We're going, we're doing this. Right. Um, so I think with that, us being a little opposite of each other, we, we worked really well together too, in that he had some, some great ideas and then I helped him figure out how to do it. Right. And, um, uh, you know, it's, I think those were those teams for one that the culture was, um, expect to win. And that's a coach Duro quote as well, but they really expected to win there from, from the get go. And, um, we wrestled some really good teams. We beat some really good teams. Um, but the, the, um, overall culture was like, Hey, we're, we're going to beat these guys. Right. It, it was very, we kind of under, uh, undertook the, the Spartan, uh, I think the movie 300. Had okay. just come out, right. Yeah. And, uh, the whole, the, got those guys fired up that that Spartan living the Spartan lifestyle being Spartans on the mat right and um those guys really bought into it and they bought into each other and we wanted to score points we wanted to be offensive we wanted to put on a show you know a lot of those guys were showmen and and um they wrestled hard and I think that's where our success came from just like a, almost an overconfidence you know yeah yeah which honestly you need again sometimes it comes off as arrogance you know but like you need to have kind of that 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 chip on your shoulder you know yeah. carry it the right way but it's like listen at the d3 level as you know warper and augsburg they 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 
you wrestle those guys, it's like, hey, that's D3. But I think you guys kind of started that wave where it's like, now there's more parity in D3. Not saying that we're, we're in Augsburg. Obviously, they're still winning national titles. But I think there's some more teams here that are ready to, you know, step on the line and wrestle those guys. Yeah, I think you said it, like chip on the shoulder. That's that's exactly what it felt like when I was at Whitewaters. These guys have a chip on their shoulder. We've heard about Warburg and Augsburg for the last 30 plus years. Like it's time. It's time. Right. So we finished uh, third and second. My two years there um, didn't quite get over the hump. But man, we were really close. We had some really good teams and it was it was just a lot of fun. And I had a blast there and and I learned a ton from Coach Fader where where I learned from Steve Costanzo the work ethic piece, the grinding piece um, from Tim. I really learned the, um, again, that if you want, if you want to build your program, sometimes you have to do things that, that other programs are not doing. Right. And there's a lot of examples of that um, for Tim, but it's something that I really appreciated because it, it, it forced me to grow in a lot of different ways uh, in my, in my, not just my coaching career, but personally as well, where I say yes, to a lot more things now than maybe I, I wouldn't have in the past. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I mean, just off the top of my head, just, I felt like he was exposing his program to situations that other deep, like with the cultural exchange trip, like he, the whitewater guys like went overseas, you know, being at the Naval Academy and training, like he just found a way to get his guys into training situations that other D three people weren't around. So it's like they were getting experiences that were helping them grow exponentially. That's, that's what my, from, from an outside looking at, that was my take from it. Yeah, absolutely. It's, uh, um, he found opportunities, you know, at the Naval Academy, at uh, the Olympic Training Center, um, here at the Air Force Academy, uh, just all over the, overseas, taking guys over to Russia. And um, shoot, I don't know where, he went all over the place with those yeah. guys. They went to, oh God, I'm trying to think of the last one that they did. Was it Turkey, uh, Georgia? Hey, Turkey. Yeah, Turkey. it was Turkey. Yeah, a bunch of those yeah. guys went over to Turkey. And he is the master of getting his guys out of comfort zones. And and through that, they they grow. They grow a lot. And, and wrestling, it, it almost becomes, it just becomes a vehicle for that, right? Yeah. And, um, and for me, it was, it was that. It was like, wow, I'm, I'm doing things I never thought I would right now. Yeah. And, and we're, but we're also building the program through it right yeah so um i know he he just brought a bunch of guys out for our wrestling camp so those guys worked our wrestling camp and, and oh great and, and climbed mountains and, and did a bunch of stuff out in colorado um crawling through caves and and it's just a you know it's just different things it's different things it's very outside the box and it's um it's really year round too so he, he does a great job with that stuff yeah and and for all those people listening, little plug for Coach Fader. He is looking for an assistant coach. So if you guys are trying to get into that D3 scene, you can thank me later, Coach Fader, for promoting you. But there we go. Assistant coach. But um, but yeah, but anyway, so you wrap you wrap up your amazing experience at Whitewater. And uh obviously people that have been following D3 understand how that didn't end the way anyone wanted it to end, of course. Like you guys did what you were gonna do, and we're not gonna get into that weed of it right now but um you know taking the next step after that in your in your career um you know it, it was a tough situation so where, where did you see yourself going like um obviously you're in a great situation now um how this like all unfold for you yeah i didn't really know what i was going to do after whitewater uh, there was a period there where 
I just had no clue. I was like, well, do I keep coaching? Do I, you know, do I move? You know, what, what, what are we, what's the plan here? <laughs> you know? And, yeah. um, and actually had a, a buddy of mine who was staying with me at the time. And he was like, Hey, did you see that uh, Sam Barber just got the head coaching job at air force? I was like, Oh, that's great. You know, good for him. I knew him from Augsburg and he was a great coach. Um, yeah, I lost to an Augsburg guy in the semifinals and, and, uh, you know, our, I remember our coach saying, Oh yeah, well, that was coach Barber. He scouted you. You know what I mean? So <laughs> yeah. I just, I knew him, uh, and I knew, I just knew he had a great reputation too. So, uh, and he was like, well, I think that he's looking for an assistant coach. You should reach out to him. And I just, I sent him an email and, um, it was, he, he called me back and he said, Hey, I actually just offered it to a guy. But if he doesn't take it, I'll give you a call, uh, which is crazy because that was actually happened to me with uh, the St. Cloud State job as well. <laughs> Same oh, wow. thing. Yeah, I offered it to somebody, but if he doesn't take it, I'll, take, I'll call you back. So uh, right place, right time type of situation. He called me back a few days later. The guy didn't end up taking it. And um, it was uh, the position um, actually had been cut the year before. So it was like a fundraise position. Right? Okay. The Air Force Academy had gone through some sequestration. And so there were some things there, some um, where they lost some, some coaching positions throughout the whole department. And at that time, I said, um, I had a couple other opportunities, but I said, you know what? I, I grew up in Colorado Springs. I got family there, um, a chance to work at the Air Force Academy. Um, you know, I um, didn't really, I didn't have kids at the time. It was easy to move. I said, you know, let's do it. And I said, you know, I said, coach, I'd love to do this you know, is, is, is it going to get better there, you know, as a position? And he said, guarantee it, it's going to get better. Right. So I moved out there. Um, I actually got married like a week later and then we both came out to, to Colorado Springs and, and started. Right. And, and again, it's been just a life-changing journey since day one. So I'm really, really grateful to be here. Yeah. That's, uh, that's awesome. And obviously, for a lot of people that don't know, like, I mean, the academy uh, positions are are amazing, like Naval Academy, West Point, Air Force. Um, you know, it's just like a different set of pride, like of what you're doing for those student athletes, because, you know, they're going on to serve afterwards. So maybe just talk about a little bit like that. Obviously, you weren't really associated with uh, academies before this experience. So, you know, you're going on a decade now, like, what have you really learned about coaching at an academy being at the air force academy oh I'm, I'm still learning anthony to be honest with you but um you know coming here i i didn't have much uh knowledge of service academies or just the military as a whole so what i know now is just um i guess the, for lack of a better word is just opportunity this place just opens doors for people that um probably normally wouldn't be open and so we're, we're really, we're three things here. One, we're, we're academics. Um, we're a high level academic institution. We have 31 different majors to choose from here. You know, a lot of people think, Hey, Air Force Academy, you come here and be a pilot, right? Uh, which is definitely true. If you, if you want to fly, then this is where you need to be. Um, but you know, we have engineers, we have business, we have doctors, we have, um, 
teachers, you know, guys come back and teach here eventually. Uh, so we have all these different avenues to these incredible career paths that, again, when people think of the military, they think of, you know, being on the front lines and marching and you're overseas and you're sleeping in the desert and, you know, what you see on the news, right? And the Air Force, the whole military is so big that we have so many jobs to fill that you could, um, you know, do anything from sitting in an office behind a behind a computer crunching numbers, or you for sure, if you want to go uh, blow stuff up and find bad guys, then, then we have those jobs too. want to fly planes if you want to. We have a couple of guys in medical school right now. Um, just the... Uh, there's so many opportunities professionally and that starts with the academic uh, rigor here. Right. And then, so academics to athletics, uh, athletics here is seen as an equal um, arm to what we do to develop officers. So um, academics and athletics, right. They're the same. Uh, they're viewed as, as the same here. So uh, we're in the big 12 conference for wrestling, which means we're going to wrestle against the top schools in the country week in and week out. And, like of a uh, conference now, Big Twelve. All the conferences have really grown. I mean, obviously, Big Ten still Big Ten, but ACC, Big Twelve. You guys are doing amazing stuff. Those teams are amazing. Yeah, you can see it's, um, it's nobody's doing like a bad job. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. we had a discussion right after the NCAA is like everybody's got something going on, right? Everybody in Division One wrestling is working really hard right now and has good things going on. And and so it's I don't think it's ever been more competitive. I really, I really believe that. So um and for us our what Coach Barber has has built here is just um training opportunities. Um you know we have just amount just as much time or more time to train um, than any other school in the country right I think that's a, a misconception like and some coaches will um, you know use negative recruiting a little bit against us oh you're not going to have time you're not going to have time to train you're not going to have time to chase your goals in wrestling which is absolutely not true I think Wyatt Hendrickson proved that this year at being an all-American yeah. and he's doing it all right now he's he's doing he's working a program um and he's going to come in later and, and train and, and go down to, and he's going down to the Olympic training center. So we have all these things that uh, all these opportunities to allow these guys to, to wrestle at a high level. Right. Um, the Air Force Regional Training Center, which we just uh, it's well, it's probably about five or six years old now, but it, that provides a ton of opportunity as well. We you know, for guys to go out and, and wrestle at the U S open, um, wrestle at the Pan American championship. Sam Wolf was a junior Pan Am champ a, a couple of years ago. The AFRTC allowed him to, to chase that goal. Um, so in freestyle and Greco, we got some great opportunities there. If you want to keep wrestling too. Um, and, uh, and yeah, we're, we're, I think we can offer any resource that, uh, that other programs can offer at a very high level. And, um, and it's just continuing that, right? We got a, amazing facilities, uh, great coaching staff, and a, a staff that's going to continue to look for ways to, to help our guys grow, right? And um, the third arm of that is, is leadership or the military piece. So when we say when service academy, we equal, we equal that as, as leadership. When you come here, you're going to learn how to be a leader, right? Because uh, when you graduate, and that, that's what you're doing, right? You're a second lieutenant, you're an officer in the Air Force, meaning like, uh, I kind of equate it to 
Um, let's say you graduate. Typically, when you graduate from college, a normal college, you start low man on the totem pole, right? Well, here yeah. when you graduate, it's like graduating right into a management position. Right? You're you're leading people. You're doing a job that you want to do. Um, it's great pay. It's great benefits. You're well taken care of, and it's again, it's opportunities to to grow in that. And um, there is a there is a time commitment, of course, afterwards uh, of five to ten years, depending on the job that you want to do. Um, so like pilots, there would be 10 years, uh, because we'll, we'll pay for your pilot trains, two and a half million dollars to train a pilot and, and we're wow. going to pay for you. So we're going to expect a little more time right, yeah, yeah. back, but then there's yeah. jobs like business and engineering that you can just jump in right into your job. And that's a five-year commitment. Um, and with that, with that commitment, you know, you got some really great benefits. you got, we, we pay for your school. Um, everybody here is on a 100% full ride scholarship. Uh, you get paid to go to school here. And then when you graduate, you're not sending out resumes, you know, you're not moving home. You have a a guaranteed job for the next five to 10 years as well with a chance to. And no debt and no debt, no debt, no debt. We, we know what's going on in this country right now. This crisis, right? Uh, Well, these guys, they have no debt. They have money in the bank um, and they know they're going to have a great career, um, not just well-paying, but a, a fulfilling career, you know, w- with a lot of impact on, on the world around them. Um, they're going to get some training that they just will never have in other jobs. They're going to get, they've got leadership experience. They have, um, uh, you know, a lot of guys, a lot of these guys do a lot of traveling. They get to see the world. Um, just, again, it's it's endless. The doors that open are, are endless for this place. Yeah, no, that's uh, it's it's pretty cool, and it's a pretty cool opportunity for you as well to kind of see that and, and and grow into this position. Um, what would you say like on your roster, like a lot of like uh, like military wise, where the guys go to, like afterwards, like cause I know for like my experience in Navy, like a lot of the wrestlers, like they're set on becoming Navy SEALs. Like, is there something similar to that in the Air Force that you feel like your wrestlers like going all in for this, or is it pretty diverse roster wise? It's been pretty diverse. Um, you know, a couple years ago, we we graduated eight guys and we had eight pilots. You know, okay. And, and since then, we've had um, we've had pilots, we've had engineers, we've had a lot of guys go into um, the business side of the Air Force. So things like acquisitions and contracting, um, intel. Uh, so it's been pretty diverse, actually, over the last several years with the uh, different career opportunities. Um, one thing, another door that's open for these guys is the Space Force, uh, which has become oh, yeah. pretty highly sought after, believe it or not. Like a lot of guys want to do um, some things in the Space Force, too, which, uh, again, that can take you to a lot of cool places. So Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that that is, that is pretty crazy. Um so uh, obviously right now we're getting towards the end of July. So um, are you, is your incoming class already there? Do they go through kind of like a, like a, a summer process, like most of the academies do? Like what, what's like their game plan? And then are you like starting to kind of coach them already, like through like a wrestling class or something like that? So, yep. So our freshmen, um, they reported right at the end of June. Um, and then they start BCT, so basic cadet training. Okay. Uh, it's a six week program and uh, it's, it's kind of split up into two phases. The first phase, it's um, a lot of knowledge base. So you're, you're learning 
the core values of the Air Force, the history of the Air Force, you know, how to march correctly, um, how to greet your uh, superiors correctly, how to put on your uniform, um, that sort of thing. And then uh, actually they just uh, left on Monday, but they marched down to Jack's Valley for, for phase two. And they, um, then that's kind of what you think of when you think of basic training is you're, you're crawling under barbed wire, right? You're, you're going yeah. an assault course, um, you're shooting guns and, and it's, that's where our wrestlers pretty, where, where they thrive <laughs> with that yeah. sort of stuff. Um, but it's a really, it's, it's an indoctrination. Um, those guys, they, they learn a ton in those six weeks. They learn a ton about themselves. It's, uh, it's, a, again, it, it changes you. It's challenging. It's tough. And, and you grow from that. Um, but we also get to see them too. So the, that during that first phase, we get to see them oh, eight to 10 times and they come okay. down we put them through some some wrestling drills and they're going through a lot during basic training so we don't make it too tough but uh we just show them a lot of what our foundational wrestling is to start out the season with gotcha that makes sense um you actually got a, a local new jersey guy in in that class that i know pretty well uh palicio um, oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah. he's a he's good guy yeah, yeah. so he's, um, I, strong as an ox oh man he's he's a beast he's a beast he's strong yeah. as an He's, he's doing backflips all over the place so yeah he, he's an animal um but he actually so he took a different path he's going to our prep school so oh okay we have two routes here one is um direct the direct route where you come straight from your high school senior year you graduate come straight to the academy and then we will send about half of our class to our prep school um and uh, basically, that's a, a year between your your high, senior year of high school and the academy. As you go there, um, and it's it's academically focused. You're uh, you're learning the the military side a, a little slower, um, and uh, and you, but you still get to wrestle, right? So uh, there's a there's about ten of our guys, ten of our recruited athletes down there right now. It's a really good class, um, and they're gonna go through a they're going to go to a lot of opens they're going to get you know anywhere 15 to 30 matches most likely um and then they finish out uh, the wrestling experience they they go throughout the year wrestling opens and then they'll also go to the uh u.s open in vegas at the end of the year that's kind of like their culminating event um, gotcha. but uh yeah we get to see those guys quite a bit they get to train with us through our Air Force Regional Training Center. Um, so it's just a, an opportunity, another opportunity to um, grow academically and athletically without uh, using a year of eligibility. Yeah, yeah. And, that, and that's a big piece, too, as, um, you know, like like the Ivies, I mean, like the D3s, like the academies, they're on the redshirt years, athletic redshirt yep. years. So having that that gap year it, it is pretty important. Um, as we kind of wind down here before uh, – as a few more about again talking back uh, about D three, you know, talking about obviously college wrestling had, took a, a big turn this year with the rule changes and um, and everything like that. So the twenty four season is going to be pretty interesting. Uh, but what, how do you feel about Air Force? Obviously, you guys have a lot of great stuff going on. You know, uh, Hendrickson obviously made a huge statement in March, and you got some other guys too. I mean, your thirty three pounder was it thirty three who was hitting some high flying moves? Yeah, uh, yeah, in March as well. So you guys got some firepower um how's everything looking for next year oh we're we're just super excited right we've, we've never had more ncaa experience back on the team um wyatt hendrickson obviously is is 
a guy that our, our guys will follow. He not only is he a he's a stud right on the map, but he works his butt off in, in all areas. Um, so we got him back. You know, he's he's got some some extremely high goals. He's on the U23 world team as well. So he'll be going out to uh, Finland uh, this fall to wrestle for a world title. <clears throat> and then he'll get going uh, back with us um, right after that. And then we have our, our other team captain, Sam Wolf, who had an outstanding year last year. He was ranked as high as 13th, 12th, 13th in the country at one point, beat a two-time All-American with a separated shoulder. Um, and, uh, you know, he he was poised to go deep in the tournament last year, you know, qualified. And unfortunately, that, that shoulder gave out right before the NCAA tournament. But he's good to go. He's he's rehabbed it. He's I, We see him all the time down here. He's working his butt off, and, and he's ready to go. Uh, we got Tucker Owens back at 125. He was a freshman who really surprised probably everybody but himself, you know, uh, coming <laughs> in as a freshman. He uh, had a great uh, year. He, he was nationally ranked, knocked off uh, several national qualifiers. Um, he qualified for the national tournament and had two two upsets there, uh, including um, he beat the Army guy who was, I think, ranked 19th or 20th at the time. So um, he's highly motivated. Uh, and then we got, um, I think, you know, I want to say, four other starters back on top of that. So, wow. um, yeah, that the team is, is strong, that the culture has never been better. The expectations have never been higher. Our, our guys are busy right now in the summer <coughs> with different jobs, but we've had some great numbers coming down, working with each other, lifting hard. Um, so I think we're, we're poised for another great year. You know, we're, we're coming off the, the best season in air force wrestling history. We're 18th in the country. We tied Oklahoma state. Um, and uh, we want to, it's like Coach Barber, we had a meeting afterwards. He's like, well, what do we do? You know, how do we, how do we follow this up? Right. And, and his big thing was, um, well, what got us here is our, is our values as a wrestling team. And, and so what do we do is uh, we double down on those values. Right. And the results will take care of themselves. So that's what we've been really focusing on is, um, is our values as a team. And then, you know, with that, we know we're, if we continue to do that, we know we're going to have a great year. Yeah, no, that's, that's awesome. Yeah. I, I think, uh, I think you guys are going to just continue to go up, man. And um, better guys are going to continue to come in. It's kind of like when you have that one guy that kind of breaks through um, gets on the podium, you know, and it's like, Oh, it's like, yeah, you can't get it done here. So that's, that's huge. That's, that's the kind of the experience we had at Stevens, you know, we had that one year and then, it's not looking back, you know, it's just keep, keep going forward. So um, to kind of wrap up here, I mean, um, I mean, obviously you've had experiences all over the place, but I want to focus, obviously as division three wrestling podcast, but how your division three wrestling experience really like kind of set you up to, to where you are now. And, um, you know, competing at the D three level and coaching at the one level and just talking about, um, you know, the skill levels of both and like how it's kind of like intermixed. Sometimes it gets what you can kind of get to wash uh, from a fan's perspective, but obviously you, you, you've lived it. So I'm just curious to hear your experience with that. Yeah. I, well, <laughs> you know, D3, Division two, the lower divisions, NAIA, JUCO, they, they never quite get the respect I think uh, they deserve. You know, it's really some of the hardest working athletes in the country are at those divisions. And um, the hardest working and, and certainly the most passionate right so we're not doing we we didn't do it right for scholarship money um or to wrestle in front of you know twenty thousand people 
we did it because we we just love the sport, right? We loved yeah. working hard. We loved building as a team and, and getting better and and challenging ourselves and and really striving again for a national title. And that that feeling, whatever division it is, whatever um, you know level that's at, that feeling's the same. That feeling was the same for me. I would have felt the exact same if I was wrestling for the University of Iowa than I did for Cornell College. If that makes sense. I put the same amount of work into it. Um, nothing changed, nothing changed. Um, and so uh, taking that, right. Taking that, um, uh, that work ethic, that, that feeling of, uh, chasing something and just putting that into, uh, and, and just keeping it pure, right. Again, I'm, I'm chasing this, I'm hunting this down just to, just to get there, right. Not for, not for anything extra. Right. Um, and so that it's the same, right. That, that, what it put, what it takes to put in, what you have to put into it, um, no matter what level is the same. So, um, I think that, uh, you know, my experience as a, as a division three athlete, um, and what I see in division one, it's, uh, you know, it's division one is, is ultra competitive. <laughs> I'll say that it, you have to be on your game every single week. Right. It, like we talked about before, the, the parity is super high. And I just was like having a conversation with um, somebody over over maybe last weekend is and some of these guys that never all American are so good. <laughs> They're so good. Some of these guys that weren't at the national tournament are really, really good. So consistency is key. Um, that's the same at any level. And and just uh, working hard and having that chip on your shoulder, like we talked about before. I think it's super important too. Yeah, I think um I think I think you you said it great. I think listen, I think the biggest difference from the divisions is the depth. You know, when you, you when you're at division one, the depth is amazing. You gotta be on your game. It's like you're not there's no cakewalks, like you're wrestling a stud every single match. And if and if you cut weight the wrong way or your head's not on right, you're you're gonna know about it. Yeah. Where the depth, the depth isn't there at those divisions, but that's why there's those divisions. But mm-hmm. coming back to what you said, the process of what it takes to be elite at any of the levels is this is the same. Like if you want to be elite, if you want to be elite, that process, that process orientation that you have to go through is is it's a grind, man. And and you and 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 again, it's like um I, and I think that that's where it kind of gets meshed together. It's like the elite guys are doing the same thing but they just found, they found that path somewhere else. hundred percent, hundred percent. I have the utmost respect for um, any college wrestler and what it takes to, to go through those four to five years. <clears throat> and especially what it takes to win at, at any college level is you, you got to put a lot into it. You got to be passionate about it. Um, you got to sacrifice a lot. And I say sacrifice, but um, you got to put a lot of time, a lot of energy into it, right. Where you could be putting it somewhere, put it somewhere else. So um, any level, uh, you know, really appreciate the, what from the athletes to the coaches um, it's uh, yeah, it's, it takes a lot. It takes a lot. Awesome. Well, I really, again, appreciate this time you took to to have this conversation. I know you're also recruiting coordinator Fargo's going on. So you're a busy guy and uh, you just got back from that. So I'm sure you got some stuff to do, but again, great conversation. And uh, it was really, it was really great to connect about this. 
yeah, appreciate you, Anthony. Uh, love what you're doing out there at Stevens and appreciate what you're doing for Division Three Wrestling with your podcast as well.